Thank you for choosing to listen to the Roll for Crit podcast. This is the audio place to be, not visually, not spatially, but in an audio sense to hear about board games, card games, and role-playing games. My name is Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler. And for those of you who are listening, uh, the Oscars mm-hmm. which happened, and there was one big scene, but if you actually look past right in the corner, you can see uh, Jonathan sneaking around in the background. Uh-huh. What am I doing? Oh, I don't want to spoil that. I think that's for the audio expansion. Okay. Okay, great. I'm glad I'm glad we got this out of the way. I'm glad you're teasing people with this Easter egg. Uh, obviously, a lot of people are talking about the Oscars, so it's important to, you know, up front, we need, we, everybody needs to address it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you got that's how you stay hip. Bring up something that happened days ago that <laughs> well, already has been oversaturating the meme market. Yeah, right. Well, well, you you brought a lot to the meme market, I think, today. <laughs> I think this is really, uh, you know, there was there was some competing goods there, but this is a new, a fresh new aisle uh, that you've contributed. And I, th- I think people I think people are going to be very happy with it. Uh, but if you're if you are listening and you're not here to hear about the Oscars, you're here to hear about board games. That's what you're here to hear about. Uh, but we do have to check in, of course, with our podcast mascot first. Roland F. Criterion. He's a guy we invented over in Dungeons and Dragons, and he is an Asamar Bard character. And on last week's podcast, uh, you know, Roland has formed now a successful partnership with this new merchant friend, and uh, he's kept their arrangement safe by basically inventing board games or <laughs> uh, modernized board games in order to appease the local gangs who thought they were encroaching on their territory. Uh, and, uh, now, you know, Roland is, uh, Roland is kind of settled down. He's, he's loving his life. He's, he's not really doing much adventure and he's a professional game crafter these days. He's, he's making, finding parts and, uh, crafting games. Maybe he's designing some of his own and he and the merchant have, have had some good times together. Uh, so I, you know, the thing, things are going well for him. They, they've appeased the gangs, but maybe it's time for Roland to it's expand. Maybe maybe he needs to expand this endeavor, go bigger. Uh, uh, you know they, they've outgrown this little cart. Maybe he should set up shop in a in a local town, like a permanent brick and mortar establishment. Maybe he should invent gaming by mail or something. Maybe he should invent the internet. I don't know. We don't have a guest this week, so it's up to us to decide what the next step of Roland's journey should be. You, you got any ideas? I think he needs to sell his company to the Great Church of Asmodium, which, uh, as we know, is also already interested in board games. You're, you want him to get to just get out of there immediately? <laughs> well, not immediately. You know, some time has passed, but he's this is it. He's he's done. No, 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 no. You see, he's going to sell to them and then leave to start a new board game company with the funds he got from selling that in a new place. That That's the fun, the brick and mortar shop. Mm, mm. I'll allow this on the condition that it's not a persuasion role. <laughs> you need to tell me why it's some other aspect of role. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> I'm, enough. I'm tired. I, I wasn't even thinking persuasion. I was just thinking. <laughs> it's a lot the, more fun when you don't think about uh, why. Uh, of course, of course. But you know, we gotta we gotta crunch the numbers at some point here. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it's, this is D and D, isn't that why people play D and D? Because they love math so much. Yeah, we're all about it. I mean, maybe he needs to. Uh, Maybe he needs to investigate to find a good company. That's not how investigation works. You know what he needs to do? He's doing some sleight of hand. He's showing off his good games by trying to hide the bad stuff or like why it's not. 
<laughs> All right, sure. I'll, I'll sure. Why not? I'll he, always he's doing say a, yes. He's doing a presentation for them. And all of this is he has to show how good his game is by not like sneakily setting up the deck to look fun while he's playing with these people. That's what's going on. He's like right. playing the game with. Let's see. Let's see if uh, Roland is successfully able to to get his company sold oh, to a larger he company. Definitely did. What did he roll? That is a critical hit. You rolled a nat twenty, my dude. Yes, I did. That's a uh, wow. You see, I I used the the D and D die. From the Magic Gathering set. I've been waiting. I set it off to let it charge up. Unfortunately, now it's empty. So now I need to wait another few months before I can roll it again. Yeah, what is that? Only maybe the second time that's happened on the show? <laughs> if if that That sounds <laughs> about right. Yeah. Wow. Well that well that bodes well. I mean, that sounds like, you know, he's 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 made a good chunk of gold. He's uh with a with a with a Nat 20, he's probably got you know, still some rights to his personal properties. They're not going to mess too much with every, everything and uh, milk it and exploit it with a bunch of expansions nobody wants. This, this is a win-win for everybody. Uh, and, and yeah, maybe he's Roland's, in the good timeline. Yeah, maybe he'll maybe he'll retire off all this money. He'll roll off into the <laughs> sunset. Uh, well, that is good. I'm happy for Roland. Uh, this is at least one example of a successful business deal in the board game world. Let's see if there are any more business dealings going on in board games as we discuss in the news roundup. News roundup. We got crowdfunding corner this week crowdfunding corner a couple of stories relating to the world of crowdfunding um first there was kind of a there's been a farewell to aziz hassan the kickstarter ceo who has announced that he's stepping down as ceo uh, as he cites uh, you know, for personal reasons, and they have not found a replacement as of yet. Someone's going to be stepping in to fill his position, but ooh, eventually, ooh, pick me. Oh. I want to be sitting around where pe- everyone else makes the money, and I don't do anything. I thought somebody just punched you in the stomach or something. I wasn't sure what that noise was. Uh, I'm sure you would be a great candidate, but you know, you have some time. You can try to apply. Uh, you, this you, wait, you know who should apply? No, I don't. But I'd Roland. love to tell me. Mm, yeah, this could be his opportunity. I mean, after you, you sell a company, you, you just go sit on the board of some other company. That's kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, of course, is in the wake of, you know, Kickstarter talking about their plans to adopt blockchain technology and uh, as as well as, uh, you know, then pulling back on that pretty quickly and saying, well, we're going to slow that down a little bit because people didn't really like it so much. Uh, and also, as since uh, Aziz Hassan came on, in the just not that long ago it was just like i think 2019 or 2018 is when he Mm -hmm. became ceo uh there there have been some you know there's been some turmoil with kickstarter there's been like issues with union stuff layoffs of course the pandemic has hurt everybody everywhere in some regard so i what do you think do you think any of that stuff has anything to do with, with his reason for departure or is it just who knows? Is it just it was just time for him to move on, that sort of a thing? What would you? This is obviously this is pure speculation. Yeah, I know. We, I'm we trying know. to think because usually <laughs> sometimes there's something like, oh, there was a real big kerfuffle. Well, you there know? was the blockchain thing. I mean, and, there and, was, but I don't feel like that is like every company has done something stupid with that, and I don't think that has been theirs at least was not nearly as bad as like 
you know, like I think Ubisoft like paying their their designers in blockchain things instead of actual money. Like, yeah, that's never it just good. to me, it's like it wasn't good, but it it it. I mean, in my mind, and this is someone who remember who does not like the blockchain that much, is not nearly worth uh, leaving over. Mm-hmm. Um. But it could be, it, it may it not could be him be. leaving. It could be the company pushing him out if they want someone We're to blame. Yes, when I say <laughs> leaving, I mean like, look, yeah. you've got to, yes. It, it's me, that which is usually the case. I mean, it could be something we don't know about yet. And, and you know, we've seen that before with companies where like, he quietly left and we're like, oh, okay. And then like two years later, we find out there's a whole bunch of allegations. Or as you said, he could just be tired. <laughs> you know, we shouldn't deny the the uh, Occam's razor. Could be it. Could be certainly any number of things, and we can we can come back to this. But I, I will also add, since this is crowdfunding corner, I will introduce this other story this week, which uh, is very fresh and new, and uh, is pretty exciting. Game Found, which is currently the biggest slash maybe only a uh, real board game competitor to Kickstarter uh, is was previously launched by Awaken Realms and was only used for their projects. Then they started opening it up to just certain creators that they vetted and talked to. Uh, they now announced they are going into a sort of beta mode and they are going to be allowing all creators to create accounts if they would like with GameFound and submit their projects, the drafts of their projects to be funded just like you would on Kickstarter. Now there's going to be a little more, um, not, not quite as open as Kickstarter yet. Yeah, they're still going to be going through and kind of approving a lot of these projects, it sounds like. And of course, they all still have to have something to do with tabletop gaming. They're not just going crazy with it. It's still board game themed. Uh, but compared to how it was, it's they're definitely you know they're planning on eventually fully opening it up the way that kickstarter is and this is kind of the first really big step in that so it's an interesting uh contrast between the the kickstarter story you know they're they've been having some trouble maybe people aren't so happy with them ceos leaving meanwhile game found is like we're we're better than ever we're moving up we are ready to let other people use our services and we've been talking about them as a competitor for a while and I feel like there is a really good chance within a year, Kickstarter, I think, is going to lose a lot of their board game business to GameFound, is my prediction. We, I mean, we just talked about this, I think it was two podcasts ago, how like the idea of whether having no selection versus a much more cur- curated one. Mm-hmm. And is, I feel like GameFound listened to our and like, yeah, you know what? We could do both. Right. <laughs> Which is, that is... At least for for me, as someone who's maybe uh, you know a, a quote unquote experience with Kickstarter, you know is is pretty devastating to Kickstarter because if I know like I don't have to sort through, I mean no offense like you know fifty versions of a Trump versus Clinton voting thing what you know, whatever the hot political take is, <laughs> you know in fact speaking of the Oscars I'm I'm surprised I didn't see like fifty Kickstars about slapping people. <laughs> that you give it a couple of weeks. That's a little oh, yeah, too early. Yeah. <laughs> but like if if GameFound can weed out the ones that are obviously just okay, you actually aren't making a game or something. And yeah. uh, like that that sounds pretty good to me. And all I guess the other thing is, and it hasn't been brought up, but I don't remember if we talked about it, but the 
I forget the exact wording of it. The 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 money that you like, how much does GameFound take as a cut versus Kickstarter? Mm. Like, as long as GameFound isn't like larger, even I would say probably significantly larger, because I think it's really good. Plus, GameFound has a uh, I would say has a much better back end in terms of the uh, what's it the customer survey. Yeah, which right. is. But- the pledge really and all that big deal now because so like a lot of the times you know it's very annoying where you're like i want to offer a different color you know uh going back to the deck box i talked about a while back ago the magic gathering deck box the one that was on, on kickstarter. kickstarter yes yeah. and it had a bunch of issues a lot of people were angry about that because kickstarter screwed up so many people weren't able to get the limited time one but he's offering all these additional items and you know I know Kickstarter's back in the back end, and I'm like, I could try to maybe add a couple of these, but I'm a little worried of doing that while the pl- thing is running because I don't know if it'll change my pledge. But GameFound, I know its back end is so customizable. I'm like, I bet as soon as it, I could change my pledge level, I could add on whatever I want. I can do so much more back there. Yeah, I think uh, there, you know, there are. We've had slight quibbles maybe with some of the, like the layout and the. C- consumer end of things for game found nothing to my opinion nothing major but there little things you might be able to argue here and there kickstarter does be- better in some ways but i think in terms of for the creator from everything i understand game found's experience is far more streamlined better integrated they give you more options you can have better updates with different features polls and all, all kinds of different very specific things to meet the needs of different creators right it's just it's and, better in, in every way i think well, in that sense the biggest thing for me was the whole of trying to find a game that's mostly because usually i go to game found because i know oh an awakened realm game is there if they're opening up the beta odds are they're gonna be like okay we should now put in resources that make it easier to search for things yeah, I mean, I you think the, the only the right now, the one thing Kickstarter has is the brand recognition and that you are more likely to catch somebody on Kickstarter who maybe wasn't looking for a board game uh, like they'll find it uh, but maybe by accident because they just check Kickstarter. Maybe they wanted to see a movie project or what, whatever it might be. So that right now, Kickstarter still has a pretty big advantage in that sense. But if you already know like this is that you're making something that's really geared towards gamers and you know you have that audience and they'll find you, it seems like a no-brainer to, to choose that path. And eventually, I think, you know, they already announced um, Side Out and Happiness is doing a game. You know, I'm sure if Exploding Kittens put something on GameFound, it's going to blow up. They're going to people are going to find it. So I think that yeah. will shift. Well, I, I will say, yeah, I, look, brand recognition is definitely huge. That said, I would argue in, in Kickstarter, too. But both of them are. They remind me a bit more like TikTok, where like it, it something can just explode. So you don't even need to be like. You know, to go on there, like you go to a ShopRite brand or something or, or Walmart, or whatever. If you hear someone on Twitter like, dude, new Gloomhaven game found early. Right. Bird, you're going you're to be like, I got to go. Right. Like it, it, it certainly is a big help. But at, at a point, something's going to get shared if it's big enough. It's like, right. not like people can't find it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I just feel like it both both of them. But this, this is the problem with, I guess, Kickstarter, so to speak is that it, it's very easy for, th- like, to get free advertising, <laughs> so to speak. 
Right. Um, as long as people run good pledges, uh, not pledges, um, good campaigns, which I mean, I, I would argue probably GameFound has some very good people like to be like, hey, um, you know, uh, Cephalofair, you want to run a pledge on here? Here, let us help you out. Here are some good ideas for early bird specials. Here are some, good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited about it, and I think it's good, and yeah, competition is is very good because, I mean, you know, we have, there's Indiegogo. There's some other crowdfunding. That, is, that is definitely the best if it doesn't kill Kickstarter, but kicks them in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Has that makes them. Yeah. That's always what you want. You want the competition so that every service improves for everybody. Uh, and yeah, I think Kickstarter, I don't, I don't know if GameFound is really on their radar right now, like to the, for the executives and stuff, but it should be, I think they should be a little scared because board, I mean, I don't think they're going to be, they're going to be fine either way. Don't get me wrong, but board games are a pretty big chunk of their business as we've, as we've seen. So I, I think they don't want to lose that. Yeah. I mean, that deck box alone, I think is approaching 3 million. Yeah. A deck box. (laughs) Yeah. I want you just imagine if I can imagine, but <laughs> like that's not even the probably. I mean, I'm sure there are many more exploding kittens. I think is yeah, I mean, like it's huge. Losing the million dollar pledges the game found would would be a huge. I assume it has to be a big hit. Yeah. Oh, for, definitely, definitely, definitely big. Uh, like I think I think they're broad reaching enough that you know they'll be okay. But yeah, they'd have to they have to figure something out to work around that. We'll see if they do. Uh, and I mean, right now, I assume they're it's, it's almost like the perfect time for GameFound 2 to reveal this because it's not like they're they're in the middle of all this. Yeah, it's hard. And, it's hard for them to react without a without a, a leader. So like, I'm sure it's a coincidence, but it kind of does feel like they're like, hit them while they're down. Get them like it feels strategic. But I'm going to be honest. I bet they had the beta in for a while. That's why they didn't just release a full thing. They're releasing a beta because. The other people are down. I, would, I do think it's strategic. I would guess maybe they released it like at most a month early or something. Yeah, I, had, I that's what I mean. They like, had to but, be planning this though. Yeah, it's not like they. I'm, I'm thinking they could have been like, yeah, like if Kickstarter didn't say anything, they could have waited. Right. It's just perhaps. that, like you said, Kickstarter CEO, and they're just like, oh, this is too good. What? What's the, is the beta functional? Well, we can call <laughs> it a beta. And then there's a, <laughs> yeah. put it out. It was a, it was a week. It was a week between announce the announcements. But uh, there it is. Good luck to GameFound. We'll talk more about those websites, of course, in our Kickstarter Pickstarter, which the name may no may not be relevant uh, for that much longer. Uh, let's talk about game conventions, specifically Gamma, which uh, took place the other week. Gamma is specifically a game developer uh, and distributor focused convention uh, not so much like a gen con where people are having fun playing the games but more for the insider experience and it was held in reno and uh icv2.com had an article where they uh, ran down the numbers of the attendance levels and i thought it was pretty interesting uh to to look at uh, the attendance count for this year was 1360 which is pretty low uh, but you know you can always this is not again this is not gen con so it's uh, not totally outside the realm of what maybe they expected however uh in 2019 the attendance level was 1680 so a fair few hundred more people at that event and then in 2020 which was uh right when the pandemic was hitting it was pretty close to this year's uh 
1,395. So this year's attendance, even though now we're living in the, the world of, you know, vaccinations and all that stuff, um, the attendance level didn't really come back from that pandemic. And in addition, a number of uh, big distributors were not at this year's show, uh, including ACD, Alliance, and GTS, not having their own uh, spaces. Um, there, there were, you know, a number of smaller publishers and uh, some other distribu wholesale distributors like uh, PhD was there, but uh, definitely a reduced floor presence, I would say. Um, so it kind of sounds like, you know, supposedly, according to this article, uh, reports were good that people who were there said it was still a successful show for them. But I wonder how much longer this the Gamma Expo exists if they're just per perfectly happy with it at this level and they have no problem with it. Or if it sounds like with these um, uh, what am I looking for? Wholesalers, uh, distributors kind of pulling out of the show already and with, you know, conventions already in the, our current climate being even before. um COVID stuff like E3 for video games kind of winding down people doing more digital events. Uh, this is one that I wonder if it's going to keep going because it's not like it's something that's like Gen Con really drives a profit, you know, <laughs> uh, for for the city for for the convention center owners for all everybody involved around that. And this is much more of an inside baseball kind of insider event. Uh, it does make me want, you know, they do have plans for uh, one uh, for at least the following year. So it's, they're not obviously making any announcements yet, but I don't know. What do you what do you think? Do you think Gamma sticks around forever or not? I I think it will, but I don't know if I ever get bigger because the big thing is it it, it is. It reminds me like of E3. Yeah, that's where it, it just like. I mean, and the, the big thing. Ah, wow. Uh, the big difference is I feel <laughs> like E3 was more electronic which means more people can get their news from or at least i'd say that the fan base so to speak is fine with just reading an article on ign or whatever like video game because video games are literally digital when board games have a more physical presence but do you i mean do you don't but, you don't think that's true of board gamers too i think that's true much, of everybody as, yes as much i meant like yeah. i'm thinking i mean maybe a little but remember this also isn't the this isn't the new announcements convention. Yeah, that no, like you said, that's the other thing. And it's not like this is in... I mean, even though this ju hap just happened, it's not like Gen Con and Essen, which I'd argue are the, those ones that you were mentioning, you know, where the big hot things are like December, you know, that are far away or something. There, you have already made your plans about going to Gen Con. Like, tickets went on sale housing so odds are I, I guess your people are like if i had to choose one especially in a climate where traveling is a at least for some of us a bit more of a should i do it or not that's when you're gonna gamble yeah yeah i mean i i would think right now it might be at a level where they're just like look this is for these people in this part of the industry that and it's helpful for us to get together and we enjoy it. So we'll keep doing it as long as we have the money for it. But I feel like yeah, within five or 10 years, if the, if the numbers continue to dwindle like that, it might not make sense anymore. And I think that's going to be true of a lot of these kinds of kinds of things. Like I do think the one area, like you said, for board game conventions where it makes more sense is when people are actually really, 
you do want to see the game in person. At well, some point. yeah, I actually think one of the ones that will stay around is actually the toy fair mm. because that one is more like, it's usually a lot of the stores and companies like that, like going to see like, all right, what do you have here? Well, this is the new transformers line and this is what it looks like. What's the packaging look like? Like it's, it's not even the developers. It's the people selling the stuff. Yeah. That of course, I think, Toy Fair has been digital the last few years, so. <laughs> right, but that's still showing something. Like, I think. Yeah. In my head, like, that's, like, and so there's something about, the, like, the physicality. I don't know, like, the, the, the toys, like, they want to see it because they know it's being sold to a kid. Like, how can it play? Can How small is this actually going to look like? Am I, do I need, should I sell this thing? Or do I think it's going to get in trouble because some kid's going to swallow a piece? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to check out Gamma uh, next year, <laughs> go to the website. It'll be in Reno again. And then I think they're moving it after that some, somewhere else. So, you know, keep an eye on it. So they've got they've got plans. Uh, now, there are some new game announcements that we will cover from the past week. First up in the world of miniatures, the publisher Corvus Belly has announced a new brand new miniatures IP called Warcrow. This is the company that does the miniatures game Infinity. I know their name, but you know I'm not a miniatures gamer, so obviously I'm not uh, deeply familiar with their with their products. But Warcrow is, is a new IP. It is a fantasy genre thing. There, there's going to be, of course, elves and dwarves and orcs. They say, uh, but. There are going to be some some new things to differentiate it from other fantasy games. They haven't gone into too much detail about uh, what that will be. And what's also interesting about this is that uh, they're going to launch this IP with a standalone board game, a dungeon crawl board game called Warcrow Adventures, which will be on Kickstarter at the by the, at the end of the year. Uh, and then next year, uh, it's meant to launch at Gen Con, I believe, in 2023, is Warcrow the War Game, the full-on miniatures game, which will be a monthly set of releases, minis, plastic, all that kind of stuff. So they're kind of introducing people to the world with this standalone game on Kickstarter, and then they're going full out with a miniatures game next summer. And uh, this was announced, I believe, at uh, Adepticon, so another another gaming convention that occurred. And there was also, at that same convention, there was a Warhammer-related announcement. They announced they're doing a new edition of Warhammer The Horus Heresy, which uh, was an older game, uh, which is itself also, um, I, from what I understand, more of a standalone game in the Warhammer universe, uh, which takes place 10,000 years before Warhammer 40K. And there's a big war going on because, you know, what else? It, is it's pretty much like the most, def like everything that's wrong and everything going on in Warhammer now is because of this moment. Like this is, <laughs> this was their, the, the, the big, mo like one of the biggest moments in the world of lore. So yeah, it makes sense that so, it, gets a, uh, it gets representation. Yeah, so that's going to have a, a new edition coming out with, uh, you know, based, they say, on this same 7th edition Warhammer rules, but with new improvements, streamlines, stuff like that. Uh, so uh, both of those are some pretty big announcements, one a new IP, one an old IP. Uh, what, what do you think about the either either the Warhammer game or also the, you know, the strategy of doing a board game before the miniatures game? <laughs> I think the board game is definitely a really good idea because one of the reasons 
at least a lot of the people I know who are Warhammer fans aren't just because, yes, I like tactical miniature movement and stuff. They're like, uh, they love the world. So being able to just buy a board game that lets you get into the world without thinking like, is my army optimal? Yeah. I think is definitely a smart move. Um, I I know actually know of the Infinity Miniatures. I don't know how the game plays. I just seen the miniatures and I'm like, oh, these look really cool. <laughs> uh, what I would, I mean, I don't think they're going to do it. But I think if what might help and be interesting to help stand out is actually do a little bit what Lorwyn from Magic was, which there aren't any humans. Like it's technically humanless plane and make your dwarves and elves don't just like human with pointy ears. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, but they mention humans in this. I uh... know, I know. <laughs> I'm saying like that would have been uh, something in, a bit more interesting. But uh, I like I've I look tried to find out anything else though. Yeah, and there, there really there is nothing else. No war critter. So no, it's very it's very light on the game details. What I'm wondering is is the board game. Like, did they really have this separate idea that this is like a fully featured good game someone wanted to design? Or was it we really want to do this as a marketing gimmick to to attract non war gamers to maybe play our war game? I want to go 60 40. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I'm leaning a bit more towards the marketing thing, but oh, excuse me. I could see it uh, like it was actually a game for Infinity. Like, hey, you want, we should make some board games to attract to that. And they're like, hey, we want this new property. Hey, remember that game idea we had a while back? <laughs> you know, so like, I think it's a, a a mixture of both. Yeah, I could see that. My And my other issue, as we kind of were dancing around it, it's just it how I, at this point, I don't know. Maybe if you're just a really big fan of Infinity already and you, you think these guys are great, but who is really looking for a new fantasy themed war game with elves and dwarves? Like it's just so played out that it, theme. No, you're, you're right. Uh, the one time I went, uh, my friend has this, his miniature shop and I went with him once and the new one there that everything was like what you expect. It was Warhammer. You know, it was the, the already established ones. But the new one there was, it was, while it was fantasy themed, the idea was it was based a lot more on different Native American cultures. Now, whether they did that well or not, I don't know. I just saw the miniatures. But, like, it caught my eye because it wasn't just some elves or, or dragon. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, 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 that, and that, I think, the problem is, maybe that's what I brought up, if you want to go in another direction, you're probably going to go horribly wrong and make it very, very, uh, it's hard. It, you're not going to be tactful about it. <laughs> you know, you're going to be like, oh, you're you're making some big assumptions about insert culture we're borrowing from. Yeah, I mean, if you're making any game that revolves all around war, it's pretty hard to, <laughs> yeah. Like, and, you know, my guess, and maybe this is uh, bad on my part, but I'm assuming this is a very more, white like people working there so it's it's not very it's it you require i think some hiring and but i mean what like, you don't have to make it based on real cultures you like there's other ways to do a fantasy theme that aren't elves you know there's a million of them uh, and i just feel like no everyone's too lazy to think well, of it. i'm just curious because all because what i can think of is a lot of it is the lord of the rings you know knights dragons elves dwarves 
And that is what we're saying has been played to death. What would be not played to death? It isn't borrowing from like, we're making it more set in an, yeah, you know, an Asian culture or. Well, I mean, fantasy could be anything that's not real. (laughs) It doesn't have to be a dragon. You can create your own creatures, your own monsters, your own planet, your own world, your own. It could just be magic. It could be like a Game of Thrones where it's lighter kind of magic. It could be oh. like Harry Potter. It could be. Wait, you just mean magic in general? Like it could be supernatural. It could be demons. I mean, it could be. There's some. You or you could just invent the, like the, the depths I, of the no, human I get imagination. It, but I just feel like the problem is. <laughs> I feel like you're arguing that there's only two things you can. No, you're make. right. You're right. I'm not, and and that is a way. I guess in my head, I just that is a lot harder because you have to make up the stuff, and also yeah, it's I harder because it's no, better. No. <laughs> like also yeah, you even if it. you do sometimes people are like i don't know what a, a lagorf is so i'm not near <laughs> like that is part of the problem is no because magic the gathering i think is fil- sign me up there. for the lagorf day one i'm i'm all about the lagorf you know they were like we could do based on this thing but no one knows what it is or knows about but these magic things has a good amount of like original stuff that's a good example where it's they do but they they recently they tend to avoid those because they don't sell as well so well, like they have to be like this set is based on grim fairy tales, but most of the cards are going to be related to Disney movies. <laughs> like if we do a Greek set, it's got to have Krakens in it because that's what people think about Greek. You know, I think there's, you have to lean towards what people know sometimes if you're doing a new, a new thing. I mean, it's a, uh, there's risks Look, to both I, sides. Yes, there are risks and I'm definitely would prefer, uh, an argument that I do not want to get in right now when it comes to magic, but I prefer the, I don't know about this thing. Yeah. This is I, not a, a reiteration. I mean, and look yes, at, I love dragons, but I am fine with dragons taking a nap. Look at avatar, the movie or the cartoon. No, there, sometimes it does work. I just, there's, I, there's plenty of great examples of it, of just you're, unique. You're right. I just don't know some things, for example, I, I don't, I know definitely trading cards, but I don't know about uh, miniatures. You know, sometimes you're like, the market is already Pokemon, a battleground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm we, sorry. I, I, you're right. I don't know why I'm making you, I, I'm arguing with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, well, that's, I think, what, how a lot of these companies feel. And I, yeah, I, I think that would be their, that's their thinking is like, we don't want to take a risk. We want to use something people, we know people like this. So, mm-hmm. but you know, for me, it's like, okay, well then I'm not interested. So it's, you lose some people, you win some people. Uh, the but question anyway. is, is it enough? Yeah. We, yeah, we, we got on cut. We definitely went on a tangent, but it was interesting. Uh, I will say going off the other quick thing, I am very curious about the horse heresy boarding. Cause I think I've heard a lot of talk about the old one. Mm. So we'll see what they do with this new one. And I really would like Warhammer. I mean, it's a little disappointing what they did with the streaming service, which is like such a weird thing. Uh, very, uh, maybe a bit too niche to have your own closed off service. But look, I, to go into areas where, like, because to go into miniature combat, like, what do I have to buy? These miniatures are expensive. But to be able to dive into the world with just a board game is pretty nice. Yeah. And like I said, this is one of... I would argue the most important moments in Warhammer 40k history. So you get you get the main story. Yeah, and Warhammer's had some bit, pretty good success with uh, standalone board games like Forbidden Stars and all that stuff. So video games too, because yeah. they they tend to just like here's the license, go nuts. Yeah, right. <laughs> so 
So so that's so that's cool on that front. Uh, and a couple other non-miniatures based things to talk about. Uh, the role-playing game Dread is getting a, a new version, which is called Dread Colon <laughs> Dread. Spelled differently. Yes, uh, let me explain. This is D-R-E-D-D, as in Judge Dread. So Dread, the RPG, is a, a tabletop RPG that uses a, a Jenga tower or whatever generic wooden blocks you would like. And it's a horror game where when you make a check, instead of rolling a die, you pull a block out of the tower to see if you succeed. And they are using that same system, that same format, but this time themed around uh, Judge Dread. It's going to be available uh, today, this week. You should be able to find it right now online uh, as a PDF only. I don't think they have a physical version available just yet, but you can go online. There's a standalone adventure you can download. It'll give you everything you need to run through it. Uh, so uh, this, I've always wanted to really try Dread, the RPG, because I've heard great things about it. I don't know. I would never have thought other than the name synergy <laughs> that Dread would be a good uh, fit for it. But I guess it doesn't have to be a horror. I guess anything could make could give you more suspense if you have that mechanic in it and be fun. Uh, I mean, thinking about the I was about to say the recent Judge Dredd movie, but that's like, what, 10 years old <laughs> Yeah, now? recent. Uh, yeah, try 15. <laughs> uh, either way, it's really good. You should see it. But I could, I would say it's very suspenseful and makes total sense. Like, it's not horror in the classical sense, but I mean, living in that world is dystopian, so yeah. still, still seems pretty close. So that's kind of a cool thing. And then what, this- What, what would yeah. be worse, Jonathan? Living in the world of Judge Dredd or living in the world of The Purge? Uh well the purge is great 364 days a year. Well that's really just more. Yeah, that's and also it's it's also not good. They live in a terrible world. And well it depends. Are you rich? Then then purge's world is great. <laughs> uh all right. So uh the other thing is not really a new announcement, but I think a lot of people have been following it and interested in it. The upcoming Star Wars Outer Rim expansion which people have wanted for a long time. Fantasy Flight finally announced it last year, I believe, last Gen Con. Uh, and uh, now they have the first set of details about it. So Outer Rim is this uh, sort of bounty hunter slash mercenary themed Star Wars game. And this has some new features. Uh, first, it's got new core world planets that add onto the board, which allow you to uh, warp to the other side. So before this is weird kind of long board you had to travel back and forth on now if you get to one end you can zoom over to the other uh, which is kind of convenient of course it's got new cards for all the different decks new characters you can play as and meet so now you can meet some of the characters from the old game too even if they're playable uh, but now you can play as like Chewbacca, uh, Cad Bane, Maz Kanata, all kinds of fun folks, people from Clone Wars, people from all different places. And uh, there's some new other features. For instance, now there's uh, something called Ambitions, where players will have sort of a set of guidelines they're trying to meet in order to win their own personal set of guidelines in addition to just getting the most points. And also there's a feature called uh, Favors. Both of these are optional. Uh, favors, so you can make deals with people and if they agree to it, uh, they they get a you get a favor token from them, or the other person does, depending on how the deal is made. And if you have a favor token from somebody, you can force them to do you a favor later on. And then there's Ooh. like a there's like a set of specific things that um, that they define as favors. So kind of adding a little bit of a more of a political aspect to it in a small way. I mean, 
I think you said it before, and yes, it's because it's very similar to the Firefly game, but we 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 were big fans of Outer Rim. I personally would I think I would say I mean I haven't played the the huge two player one, but probably my favorite Star Wars board game. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of good ones. So there hard. are, but I, I really think that one's a lot of fun, especially, especially since it's not a two player only. That's definitely, I think, a big bonus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Imperial Assault is the one that I feel like I, I did like a lot that might uh, give it a run. Well, cer- certainly with the amount of content and stuff, but you know. I, I, I won't argue against Imperial Assault. That one <laughs> is pretty good, but I, I think it just one just works well as the a, a catch all. I guess the weirdest thing. Yeah. I'm excited about this expansion and you know, it sounds like it's going to add a lot more cards, which was the biggest miss of the first game was just lack of variety. Was this another one you have an insert for? Uh, yeah, I did grab an insert for this one, but I don't, this, I don't know who knows how crazy this one will be, if it'll fit or not. But, uh, one, one thing I found weird about this, unless they're saving it for another announcement, doesn't look like there's any Mandalorian stuff. no, no baby Yoda, no Mando. <laughs> and that is interesting considering I feel the whole point of Outer Rim is you're playing more as the bounty hunters, so to speak. Yeah, I think. And, you I, know, Mandalorian's literally that. I think what it is is it's not the right time period, but like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just wanted. I, I, I never thought about that. I just thought that like, like, I would see that more for Imperial Assault. Like I feel that one's more. You want to be somewhat closer to the yeah this, canon. This just feels I say like in, in this non-visual. Yeah, yeah. This just feels like they're just throwing everything in there, and you just go nuts with it. Yeah, like look, Leia's there, right? Like General Leia, she's she's around because that's kind of what Rebellion does a little bit. I mean, it, 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 I guess it doesn't have all the characters, but you it lets you like play with the story. It's not like so adherent to. Right, and I think in particular this one works well. It's sort of the what if, like you know these characters, but now, like Han Solo doesn't need to ever fly a, I know whatever the Millennium Falcon's like ship name is, a, like uh, the, the like wide carrier twenty one hundred yeah. freighter or something. Yeah, <laughs> is that what like I, I, at least in my mind, if someone would get, if that was their complaint about this game, like I'm really angry that you can play. You can pick up Baby Yoda when he obviously wasn't or uh, was not a kid by the time Han Solo was. I would just be like, not th- no, just <laughs> just have fun here. Yeah, come on. Yeah, let me. The I'll, only thing I will say with everyone else except for Baby Yoda, mostly because I don't think they've said, but like I could see them being. I don't know if Disney's planning to do anything like a grown-up version of him. Like whatever happened to him, kind of deal. <laughs> oh God! But but even then, grown everything up Yoda. else. Well, not Yoda, but I know, but it's his baby Yoda, yeah. so now he'll be grown up Yoda. <laughs> uh, but like every, literally everyone else in there, you wouldn't blink an eye. Like I don't think if if that's the character Disney's worried about, like just release like a Boba Fett Mandalorian combo pack. I assume there's some new characters in the Boba Fett show besides Boba Fett. A lot of them are returning from Clone Wars, so you you do see some of them in this game actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you see that like I, I yeah I, I'm with you I just think but that could sell as its own expansion I think definitely a Mandalorian theme one would easily sell by itself yeah sort maybe of like how you know Disney villainous they didn't put all the yeah and I'm fine with if that is the case yeah I could see that's I could see that as like a smaller expansion for sure this seems like it is a a pretty hefty full-size one 
you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they already had this in the works and they weren't sure because, I mean, we've we've talked about this before with Fancy Fight. They seem to be like, you know, we talked about risk aversion with the miniatures. I feel like Fancy Fight somehow takes it up another notch. Yeah. Like not even t- taking what I would consider the safest of bets. <laughs> if this sells well, which I think it will. Most I, I remember most people were extremely happy when they heard this. Like yeah, in the, when yeah. they initially announced it, I remember a lot of people were like, I think that was one of the most exciting things people were talking about. So if this sells well, they'll be like, yeah, we got, let's make the Mandalorian one. And I think they should. I think this is a, I'm not saying this is going to be like a living card game, but I definitely think there are at least two or three more, probably little, little, or maybe one big, more big expansion you could do. Yeah, I think certainly with that, yeah, you could definitely take a lot from the Mandalorian and Boba Fett show and do a whole set isn't there that. another star wars show too or am i making oh the uh, obi-wan that's what i'm thinking of yeah yeah uh but anyway uh so i'm excited about this i'm happy i'm excited to see it finally come out that's the news for the week let's get back to crowdfunding with kickstarter pickstarter oh this one looks uh, nice it's nice it's nice this one kickstarter pickstarter another another pretty good week another week with a fair number of big projects uh, uh, what, what do you think? What do you want to highlight first? Cause there's definitely a few. All right. I've got, I'm going to talk about one obvious big one and then, uh, two smaller ones that I, um, a bit more niche, but I thought were sort of cool. So okay. the obvious one, which is not the most expensive one I'm going to talk about, but it's going to be up there <laughs> is a uh, dead by daylight. We've talked about this before. Uh, this is the video. This is based off the video game in which one player plays as I don't know what the term is murderer, horror, monster. The killer, they the, say. The, the killer. killer. Thank you. And while the other people play survivors, this is the miniature board game. It's like we said when we first saw it, it's interesting because it's like not what I expected. It's much more, for lack of a better term, abstract to me. Well, at the least board. in the, yeah, like the look of it. Is- yeah, I'm I'm talking like. But like seeing places you can go and do things like is at least a little, okay, you're, you're going to the, the, going to the pumps, you're going to a cottage, you know, there, there are actual named locations, which make more sense with the world. I didn't know. I never played the video game. I didn't know that the uh, humans were named. Yeah. That sounds like one of the big things is everybody has a, all the players have unique abilities too. Mm-hmm. So that make that's going to make a big impact, I guess, on how you play. Um, yeah, the the thing for me about this is looking at it. If you didn't tell me, I just never would suspect that this was a level ninety nine game. That no, you're absolutely true. This is in my like. It's so not even just like because it's not anime looking. Just I, even it, the Kickstarter page, like it just doesn't like yeah, the way no. the, the stretch goals are presented well, and no, stuff. No, even the game. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, no, yes, this is the not the style game I think of with level ninety nine. Which part of me is really happy because that's you know going outside of their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I just hope the the right lessons are are learned. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's and you know usually their games are really. I think the thing that sets level ninety nine part in my mind is the level of depth and tactical choices they usually offer and mm-hmm. this this looks more uh, even even more traditional board games they have like there's the uh, imperial uh, rails and steam one 
Uh, I mean, Bullet was pretty different for them, but even that had the same had like, oh, every character has like unique strategies and stuff. Yeah, more no, like, like it them. had this had the cooperative mode, had the one player mode, the boss mode. Yeah, this just looks it just doesn't look like their style. So I'm curious um, what that direction is about. Maybe it's just they got the license. Well, and the look had maybe, to be a certain way. Yeah. Well, the, maybe they wanted trying to go into miniatures. It's like, look, this is a somewhat popular video game. I don't know if it still is. I think it ha still has a following. And I will say at the very least, like, even you know, for me personally, I, I don't play the game at all. But uh, as someone who just likes monsters, usually movies, I love all these monster designs. So it's I'm sure someone was there like this way. We can make some fun miniatures that aren't just people. And also, yeah. it's not just anime. Right. Uh, like I said, going outside the real house. Yeah. So this one, uh, you know, for standard edition, only $49. You can get the collector's edition for $99, of course. Right. That's that's why I was like, it's not the most expensive. <laughs> yeah. For 50 bucks for a Kickstarter with minis, even if it's not, you know, the full version or whatever with extra stuff, it's still, that's a good price to have. So, Jonathan, now I'm curious. If, let's say this game actually is good. <laughs> Uh, is there a property, a non-Japanese or Asian-themed property you'd love to see, like, Level 99 do a game for? I don't know. I mean, they, you know, the all I can think of, they already got, like, the fighting game thing established. So mm -hmm. it just seems like that's the way to do it. But uh, I, I kind of like their own, usually their bread and butter is the worlds they create themselves. And that's they are what I like. great work. No, I love, like, their their take on the Harry Potter world and you know they they actually sort of cross over with each other you know you'll see someone from uh the fighting game which I'm forgetting right Battle now Battlecon or Battlecon you know it's like a visiting professor the professor is now in pixel tactics yeah yeah those are all like part of the the, the Indians the world of Indians thing you, you know and maybe that's why the, the all the characters are named to have personality they really like giving characters backgrounds and stuff like yeah it's not just you're playing as the silly one. Like this character was born in this town and her, her favorite food is chocolate, uh, you know, hot chocolate with a twist of lemon. That's a, uh, that's not a person I want to talk to. That sounds like a sociopath. Uh, all right. So that's dead by daylight. The board game. Mm -hmm. What were your other smaller ones? Uh, the other one, first one. Oh, this one's small. The other one is not, uh, <laughs> is Toma adventure design. Okay. It's a it's a it's a new version of a book that they're gonna sell in, like in two volumes that pretty much is really designed to like really look into how to design an adventure, you know, how like settings and like cooks and stuff. So it's one of those things that I always enjoy that always catch my attention as someone who's you know not very good at coming up with creative things and yeah. can use a little bit more help on RPG. We're well, always DM. making things green. And green is no, not there's a, a one time I used purple. <laughs> Just you know, because green is not a creative color. I don't know why I did it. I don't know. This is oh, for... I thought you were just going with my favorite. Well, it was a combo. It was a combo because okay. it was an internet meme reference. Anyway, so uh, by the way, this one twenty dollars for the PDF, as almost everything with the book has two versions. Fifty dollars for the hardcover. Now, this final one is more niche in the sense that I feel like you it's for your own home design, and that is. Board gaming coffee tables. I don't know if you saw this. The Origins is the name of the company. It was really only caught my eye because I don't usually think of coffee tables for board games. Yeah, I think I saw this and I was like, 
I don't want to play a board game on a coffee table. <laughs> so I didn't but, look at it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I only mentioned it here just because that is the kind of thing, though, that if you are like that, I like prefer sitting on the ground or the couch, it works better. And we just don't have a table like it, it was more of that. I feel like for like a few for some people, this could be the, the thing they need. That's why I, I brought it up. Yeah, I mean, they show some that I guess you can raise it, maybe. Like I, I was a little confused by that. I don't know if it's like an older one, and they're like, "Yeah, we just have regular tables too." Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, another option mm-hmm. for board game furniture and stuff. Yep, is 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 pretty good. I mean, all oh, that's <laughs> there's and there's yeah, there's your most expensive one. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to pause for a second. <laughs> Uh, it's like what is a thousand and one hundred nineteen dollars? Yeah, that's a look uh, with the furniture ones. It's going to be that like that's starting because I don't know what you want to add on if you want the cover. So that's on you to discover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're getting a piece of furniture. Um, yeah, I think so. There's a fair number of other games I was looking at. I don't know that this week it was hard for me. Like I couldn't really narrow down one that I was really personally excited about but there's several that i'm like oh well that's interesting (laughs) you know what they're doing with it uh one of those is age of rome which is uh a game of course set in the age of rome you're all you know trying to compete to be the new emperor what have you and uh you are going around it's it's kind of a territory conquering controlling game there's some political and trade aspects and and things like that but the and and it looks cool it looks it looks like fun it's got a nice colorful art style to it and it sounds like it's not quite as generic maybe as that theme implies but the thing that excited me that's like really the dumb thing that probably is not that important to the game is that the board spins and the center of the board it's almost like it's almost like it's a lazy Susan kind of thing, but it's, it's like, as if you had, you know, like an old fashioned spinner in a board game where it like you fasten it into the base and you can spin it around. It's like that only it's the entire board. So when it's your turn, you can actually spin whichever section of the board you need to affect closer to you. (laughs) And I just thought that's like a great innovation. I, yeah, I actually have a game that does something very similar to that. That uh, we haven't hit the table because there's always too many games out mm. called like I think it was a four, four seasons or something. It's something not involving seasons. It's like you rotate the board to affect different parts of a village, and you're like all commies and stuff. <laughs> Wait, oh, oh, <laughs> like, like spirits. Spirits, not like not like a derogatory term for communists. <laughs> oh God, no, 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 no. You're K-A-M-I. all a bunch of commies. <laughs> really was like. What could I confuse? What could he have confused it with? <laughs> yeah, no, I was confused. Uh, well, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess it's been in maybe one or two other titles, but uh, it looks cool and the game. Uh, looked kind of fun. So that's Age of Rome. Uh, there's also another huge one on here called Casting Shadows. Do you know about this? It's from uh, the creators of that Unstable one. Unicorns. It's made uh, over a million six hundred. It's almost seven. Oh, I, 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 as soon as I saw the art. I recognized it. Like I've seen that unicorn game. So yeah, I don't, I'm not that familiar with it. So I don't know what this is. I've just, it's like, it's like exploding kittens. The kind of, I just see over and over at target or like, right. But this looks like it's not, that's what I would think. No, this this does not look game. Yeah. This does not, the art style matches, but the game itself looks, at least in my mind, 
something much more involved. This yeah. does not look like the kind of game you break out, break out to people who've only played cards against humanity. Right. Um, so, or yeah. maybe that's the bridge. Yeah, Cute maybe critters. Maybe it is. I mean, that's how root tricks people <laughs> <laughs> into playing a game they won't like. Uh, so yeah, but but I, you know, it's it's worth mentioning just because it's been funded so much. Obviously, people are looking at it. I just I just don't know anything about this world, but it's cute. Casting shadows. Uh, there's another one also called Encyclopedia, which is from Grail Games. Hol- Holy Grail Games. Did they change their name, or is this a different company? Holy Grail Games. <laughs> I'm out of the loop. Uh, uh, no, it's Grail God. Games. I guess they they changed their name. I guess isn't that the? Or am I thinking of two different companies? <laughs> I'm gonna check BGG because usually <laughs> I missed uh, this announcement. If this is uh, if this is new, uh, no, I th- yeah, no, I think they. I think it's two different companies. I, they are two different companies. Okay. Wow, but I, their art style looks. Doesn't it kind of look similar? <laughs> it no, they've hired the same artist. They're like look at the Borgin Geek page, look at a... museum, <laughs> and then look at Grail Games. Like the their their logos both have a yellow cup in it. Anyway, so that was confusing. I'm glad we all got to experience that in real time. But this... you know, I, I I bet I've seen both of them. <laughs> and just assume they're same company for the longest time. Like I've like picked a museum. Like yeah, this is that. And yeah. like oh, I guess this uh, Hibachi is the same guys who the museum. <laughs> yeah, I who 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 knew who knew. Well, I think I think Grail Games was the one that a while back had a bit of a issue involving like they were ending some games. Yeah, the Reiner Knizia games mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, they've done they've done a lot of stuff. Uh, well, anyway, this one from Holy Grail Games is called Encyclopedia, and you're all basically writing the first encyclopedia of uh nature and science you're like pre-darwin explorers and it's a dice just placement do that game. if you go to wiki <laughs> you could you could it's a dice placement game you roll dice and you assign them to different actions and you're you know researching different animals and stuff and it looks cool this was this was another one that i was just like i don't know if there's anything particularly very new here that i haven't seen done in other games but it has a nice look to it a fun theme i actually like just saw that right before i was like oh wait what's this yeah oh, that looks interesting uh, i like i this, will say theme for sure and maybe you would say we already hit it but i'm just noticing like between that you know uh darwin arc nova i'm like we're, we're starting to be like we've had zombies we've had cthulhu and now it's animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's definitely, there's definitely that it exists. Yeah. The, you, you can find that out there. The, uh, Robinson Crusoe <laughs> kind of has some of that. I mean, even mm-hmm. if you really want to get broad wingspan and wingspan, it, I think definitely. Yeah. That, that counts. I think That's, put in, no, I don't think not only it counts. I would say that was like really brought the spotlight of like lots of animals can be popular, not just educational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the risk of uh, going too long, I, there is a game found project called Nightmare Cathedral uh, from uh, Board and Dice, which has a real spooky atmosphere and vibe, as the name might imply, from apparently a pretty well-known Polish artist did all the theming and artwork for it. But I'm not sure what else he's done. But it looks very cool. It looks very weird. There's all kinds yeah. of weird minis. I, I, that was the thing. It's like, it looks cool, but... Very H.R. Giger kind of. I, I don't know. Like, it's from an artist, but I don't know. Like, are they also a game designer? Or Yeah, the game know? sounds. I, yeah, I don't think they. I think they just did the art, it sounds like. I don't think they made the game. 
but it looks, I mean, it, just because of the big minis, I guess it made me think of Cthulhu Wars. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, this, this, not Cthulhu Wars technically, but I think this definitely fits in there. Apo- Sandy Peterson sort of games, that kind of he, vibe. He has the, uh, I think it's called Apocalypse. I'm blanking on it now, even though I have it. It's like yeah. hell breaking loose. I'm like, yeah, these would fit there. <laughs> but I think it, it looks to me like similar in the sense that it's a very weird, scary theme with big minis. But the from what I have read, the game itself doesn't seem too complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's it's like okay, you have a big mini, but you like move it to a spot to do an action, and then you you're not it, the the mini is definitely more for it's just to make it fun and look yeah. cool. Yeah, <laughs> and there's Which combat, is, you, know, you know that's fine. And like I said, especially sometimes a game like this, then like assuming the game is all right and has these fun, huge minis are definitely ones where you should look at if you run and maybe this goes a little bit with what we're talking about with the miniatures, having a board game. If you could use the miniatures, if you like do a lot of horror tabletop, cause you like, I'm going to use this creepy guy with the horn to represent a monster that's following you. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be set in their world. Like that's the great thing about Cthulhu Wars. It's like, if I ever do anything involving Eldritch horrors, I have a mini for it. <laughs> that's right. You're prepared for any situation. So that one, again, is Nightmare Cathedral on Game Found. Uh, yeah, every, every week I'm like, oh, not that much this week. And then on Tuesday, there's just a flood of like five or six big companies that do their projects. So it's Tuesdays, man. You doesn't that's let up. Kickstart day. Yeah. So uh, go check those out. We'll have links to them in the show notes, of course. Uh, now we're going to talk about our recent game night in Table Talk. So we got games to talk about that we were indeed able to play. Uh, we've been talking a lot about it already. We played even more Seven Wonders Architects. And this is the streamlined version of, of Seven Wonders. We've, we've, we've talked about it at length. It's a similar theme, but... You're no longer drafting. You just pick cards from different piles to your left and right. And, you know, when we first played this game and even playing it later on, the digital on Board Game Arena and stuff, I think we both were like, yeah, this, you know, it, it, it's fine. It's it's a lighter Seven Wonders. I don't know that it's anything like essential or, in my opinion, like anything really great, but it is what it is. But there is there is something about this game, the more we pull it out, that... It, I don't, it's almost it's like potato chips or something like it's not it's just a good game to snack on <laughs> like you really don't have to think that hard about it uh it's just like yeah hey, i got a couple cards i'll take that one i'll take that one i know what these do i know what these resources are for i'll spend them and build part of my thing it's not brainless but it's it's just very very casual game and, and i've i've found myself enjoying it for that reason mm-hmm. um it is the one thing i've found you know unlike the original seven wonders the game does get longer with more players because <laughs> you're not playing simultaneously <laughs> so even though it goes up to seven we what did we play with five uh yes. which wasn't don't get me wrong it's not a long game but uh six or seven because there really is you're not doing anything outside of your turn there's no, there's very little engagement you have unless a, a military a war is triggered. But so I don't, well, that, that could be stretching it, but four or five is okay. Picking and stuff, depending on powers. The one thing I noticed that was interesting compared to, I think the previous times we played it was, I remember in the first games, it felt like the cat was usually picked. 
like it was considered a top pick. Yeah, so for people who don't, there's a cat yes. item. If you get a card with a cat on it, it gives you a special power. It's worth points and stuff. In multiple games we played, many decks ended up with a cat on top, and everyone's like, eh, I'll just take top card. <laughs> no one wanted it. It was so interesting to me. Yeah, it was like, yeah I've still found, I think we are in agreement that it's, you always just want to rush to build your monument. That, I mean, that seems to be the case. Like, one person did lose, even though they, they're the one who built their monument. Mm-hmm. But they lost to the pyramid, who was almost built. The pyramid's whole shtick is, I'm worth more points. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, eh, I wish there was a little more. Maybe an expansion will, I, I'm sure an expansion will come out, actually, that. Yeah, I uh, maybe. Could change expansion, that I don't up a little but bit. Yeah, I agree. That the problem is, it is it does feel i mean i think that's always at least i mean there i'm sure people can name examples but if you're going to make a casual easy light game like that usually it's very easy for there to be like this is what you do yeah which is unfortunate because i'm always like oh well maybe i'll this time i'll try like going really heavy into military or whatever but and i will say by the way even then like one game i got like three levels before anyone built one and I was like, oh, yeah, this game's set for me. Yeah. And then no resources appear. That is the other thing, too. Yeah, the the, the makeup of those decks is really going to determine. It didn't. And I will say, because it's like that didn't bother me too much. Like no. in sometimes, you know, other games where the randomness can really just annoy me. Like, I think I, because it's light, my brain's just not in like. Yeah, I don't feel like it. I don't think the decks make it random in a way that it's unfair. It's just like, well, this game, everybody's just getting cats because those just happen to all come up at the top. That was the other you interesting. Know. It wasn't just like my decks were not had no resources. <laughs> yeah. It we was droughts table wide, ta- a table wide drought, which could have been maybe I would have felt worse if everyone built up. But like I said, I got three levels on everyone. If every actually everyone did catch up before we started doing so, it's sort of like. Well, it stinks, but I got other things, so we'll see if I can pull this through. You know, yeah, it, it, it's not there. That is where the the benefit of being light is. You you sort of just shrug it off. Well, you know, and one other advantage I think over original Seven Wonders, there is a little, there is a lot more room for socializing in Seven Wonders because everyone has their own private draft hand. Your whole turn is just you looking at your cards. And you really, you can't talk to anyone about it. You, you can't say what you're doing. It's all very secretive and stuff. And this game is much more just like, hey, I did this. Here's the thing on well, my table. Yeah. Also, I know you said it's quicker because everyone's doing it at the same time, but I have yet to play a drafting game when someone doesn't have a backup of like two or three piles. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, let me be clear. I didn't say it was quicker, just that the <laughs> player count doesn't increase the time. It's the same. Very true. True. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that is Seven Wonders Architects. It's it's out there. Did it? Have they announced Spiel des Jahres yet? Did it get nominated? I don't remember. It won the French award. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we then we went to Mysterium, an old favorite of ours. We we all love this game. It's the one where everybody is a psychic, except for one player who's a ghost, trying to give people clues as to different cards and things with their own special abstract art cards that and they can't speak they can only communicate in these cards um we played with the i think it's secrets hidden secrets or something expansion which just just changes up some of the cards but really doesn't add much to the gameplay and uh you were the ghost you were the ghost and we won 
we actually won, which I feel like we usually don't do. It was so good. And I and I was uh, in the final round. Everybody has to vote for the correct set of cards, and I was the only person who voted for the wrong set of cards. So, uh, so, but despite in spite of my uh, uh, ineptitude, we still managed to win. So that was that was pretty fun. And yeah, it's I don't know. It's Mysterium. It's still. It's a solid I, game. I, I like games with lots of pretty pictures. It is. This is one that, especially when it's been a while since you've played it, the setup and teaching can be a little cumbersome, even though the game itself is pretty straightforward. There's a, I feel like if they ever were to make a new Mysterium edition, there, there's got to be a way to streamline the prediction components where you try to guess if players are right or wrong about something there's just all these little tokens people have and then you have these little pieces moving up a track for points and that just feels like maybe one layer you know maybe there's i mean i haven't played it they do have a mysterium park or whatever the which is a lighter version that came out so maybe that one does something like that where maybe it removes that component or makes it a little easier because i think it is supposed to be lighter but yeah i don't know that's that's one thing i found that it's and I got to figure out like also which how do we figure out which piles because you got to match the cards and the right numbers, but then don't look at them yet and give some to the ghost and put some on the table and <laughs> give everyone a crystal ball or whatever. Uh, this this, you know, we were talking about this a while ago. Maybe this is an example of a even though I think it's great, maybe a little overproduced <laughs> the components. <laughs> I love them, uh, but maybe. Maybe they could have like taken out no, a few things. No, from no, the box. no, no. We we talked about this. We need more. We want that deluxe. We want miniature crows. It's like still three D crows on. Like, the... what is this game? Six years old now or something? And I still that feel like it's right. one of the best looking games. Well, that's because it's Hasn't brilliant. Aged. Because the most it the more it deteriorates, the more it actually fits the theme. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very on brand. Uh, then we we went we really finished the night off with some with real party games. We played more Monstrosity, which is the drawing game where one player has to describe a monster from memory and everyone else is trying to draw it based on that description. It's still fun, still chaotic, still, you know, it's this still is, even though it, it doesn't affect the game. I don't know. How, how do you feel about this game versus other drawing games in terms of drawing ability affecting <laughs> your enjoyment of it? I, I, I talked to my my brother who played with us about that and he said like yeah you know it just sucks when there's two people at the table you're like they're probably gonna do it and i'm like well that's not true sometimes you guys got it. i'm like yeah but most of the time everyone's smart enough to listen to the person and draw the similar thing like maybe once in a while someone accidentally adds the right thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's right yeah right yeah because the way the game works technically no matter how you know artistically pleasing your drawing is the details could be wrong. Uh, but I think because maybe we're all just too much on the same wavelength and there is a harder mode. Maybe we, maybe it's time to try the harder mode where mm. the harder mode is that the play, I think it's players have to ask the questions. So the, 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 the witness I, can't describe it without. Being I asked. think that would definitely get, actually give it more advantage to the, to the less, those less attuned with drawing. Yeah. Because, the the you're gonna have makes you're more likely to make a leap of not a leap of faith an assumption about how it looks right if someone isn't saying like it looks like a monkey but it's an alien <laughs> right yeah so uh, that could be something 
Like, does it have a tail? How many limbs? I, I, I would like, I think that would work really well. And it's a shame. I mean, I, I don't think I, maybe Pictionary is probably the only one where there's a drawing game that doesn't make you feel like you're going to lose because you don't have the same aptitude. Well, or do you, Pictomania or Pic- that's what I meant. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Pictomania for sure. I that's think probably the one which stinks because I, I was one of the people who I feel like I, I, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, who's <laughs> one of the better drawers at the table. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I like those games. That's why I like the mon- mangaka where you actually draw a comic. Though that one, arguably, I would say like you would actually probably do really well with because that's more mangaka is not just drawing. It's you usually make a story and mm. you're, you would actually do clever jokes. Mm-hmm. But I like drawing games and I it is nice when I bring it out and you just see like two people light up and like <laughs> three people just. <sighs> yeah, I, I could see monstrosity doing it and honestly, even just like not even keeping score. Like, cause the, the scoring part is not that fun. The fun part is just when you first see all the boards and you go like, what, you know, I, I completely agree. That's why I, I'm like, I'm not there to win. I want to just have a fun time drawing. Yeah. And it's like, I'm using it as an excuse so I can totally see that. And I, I think the question thing could be a lot of fun. Yeah. But we'll have to try that next time mm-hmm. for sure. Monstrosity, big, big recommend. Uh, designer Eric Slauson, friend of the pod. Uh, and then we broke out another an old, old favorite wits and wagers. But this time uh, we, we had this new, you got me this big new expansion. Well, it's, it's not new, new to us. It's the Vegas version of Wits and Wagers. This is a trivia party game, sort of like Price is Right, where everyone's trying to guess the answer, but you want to be the closest without going over. It's always a number answer, and you can bet on who you think is correct. So even if you don't know the answer, uh, you could still win points or chips if you think someone else is right. And uh, the Vegas version, is first of all, we got one with a giant play mat. So it's got room for more players. It's huge easy to see fun to look at also some new different chips we are used to playing the party version of wits and wagers which is much more simplified and the vegas version has more involved betting where you can actually bet uh you know there's different odds so some payouts will give you like four to one or three to one or you can even bet if you think someone will be right before you see their answer for a 10 to one payout and because this is kind of an expansion and because we're so used to the party version, <laughs> um, we in the party game edition, the only time you can bet or lose chips is the very last round. Otherwise, you just have two betting tokens and you just basically get points. It's very simple. You don't have to worry about gambling too much. Uh, so I think our minds were all in that place. And going into this, even though we looked at the rule book, uh, we did not find what we believe is to be is a um, <laughs> could be put in a better place, a more obvious place. The concept of losing chips, which in hindsight, maybe just sounds really obvious to people. But uh, we, we you know, it says like then give the winners their chips and set up for round whatever. So I just thought, oh, this is like a casual trivia game. You don't lose chips which of course means there's no penalty or risk to betting a lot of chips, which meant that the uh, inflation, the economy in our personal game uh, was out of control. Uh, Particularly, I made a couple good bets early on, and because we weren't getting rid of chips, we we all realized that something is off here. This doesn't make sense, but we just just kept going with it because we weren't sure. 
I, I ended up with like just thousands and thousands of dollars. Of oh, chips. You, you, I'm pretty sure you, you hit a hundred thousand. It was, you know, it was ridiculous. Then I finally looked in the back of the page of the manual and I was like, oh, okay, I, yes. We're no, 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 no. You're, you're saying like, you're like, okay, no, you were like, what, <laughs> what? Everyone read this here. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, look at this two pages away in cleanup. I need you all to know that this is not fully my fault. This is, and it's not. That was very poor rule book. And I, and that's why I tried to look it up. I'm like, is there something in the regular version? To be fair, I think this is meant. They're assuming people who buy this already had the Vegas edition. I think so. They're like, oh, people know how to play. Even though it's a full rule book, you don't need that version. To yeah, play it. like sure, but and I joke sometimes when they say like to draw a card, pick a card up and put it into your hand. Like, but I mean, <laughs> is this proof enough? Like, we're not like sure. Maybe we haven't played the Vegas one, but we're not like newbies. And right. I think in board games, so yeah. So, but in spite of that, we we played another round correctly, and it was still. It was still a lot of fun. And th this was also, this uh, version came with uh, like theme packs of questions. So you could mix them all up, but we played like one was just about food and stuff, which I think is kind of kind of a fun way to go with this version of the game. I, I like the the way that the, the values change. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, there's a lot more interest. And also you could be like, it's got to be low, but I'll just bet on red. You can bet all the reds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's, I, I definitely like that. You know, the party version is great, but I feel like this one is not so complicated that you can't also just, you know, it's still a party game. <laughs> like I would, right. No, it's, I'll probably play with this, want to play with this more. The one thing I would, I maybe, I think this is a very personal thing. I think I like in the old one when the subject would change. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, like I said, you could mix up i know cards. you could yeah it doesn't um, I, I don't I, even know if they intend you to not mix them it's just it, honestly it was it. a yeah it was a small thing like yeah. it's not like uh oh this not not like getting the rule wrong the one thing i but, like about that is that later on you can sometimes in our games it's like oh did we like play with these cards yet then you could be like oh yeah we did all the movie questions let's mm -hmm. move on to the next category it's almost it's like playing episode packs or something <laughs> No, I hear you. But it does require some specialization. And well, I mean, you uh, know what? You know, would work probably really well with, 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 with some wagers, even though I know some people will not want to hear this. An app version, like for the questions. Oh, yeah. Just where they can just upload questions to and update them, or you can be like, oh, yeah. Keep, keep this subject matter or something. Like you could make it so, like, it could be a mix, but like we only want movies, sports, and mm. food. Like the WearWords app. Yes. Specify the categories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I'm surprised they don't have a digital version, honestly, but we didn't know, or we forgot there was a galaxy trucker. So maybe there is a <laughs> digital wits and wagers, but I feel like we'd know about it. I don't think that know. one, I feel like it would have been advertised. Uh, all right. Speaking of digital stuff, some other, we played some other things digitally. We did some board game arena stuff, but uh, what, what did you have that you were gaming on other than what we played? So, at this one, I mean, I've been I've been playing also. Once again, going back to things on Twitch, was the digital version of Aeon's End, the New Age. The Aeon's End, if you don't know, is a deck building game, but it's cooperative, and usually you fight against a nameless a boss, and you build from piles similar to Dominion, not a sort of random pile. The New Age added a a light campaign, 
It's not like Legacy, which we played through. You can watch through all those videos. This one's like, I think it's only like four chapters. Okay. And just like Legacy, you get cards. You don't write names and stuff, but you do get special cards adding to your deck. They're called treasures with each one. So you get better, stronger cards and stuff that way. Or not. sometimes they're not even added to your deck. They're just a passive ability. Like every time you open a gate, gain a charge. Things like that. Hmm. Uh, this one, overall, it was a lot of fun. A lot of cool characters to me. And I do like the little story. Ironically enough, maybe because it was... Di- I think physically, even though I have this, I never did it because I'm just bad. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have questioned this, but because digitally you can go through it so much quicker, I'm like... This is pretty. I I could I could have gone with like two more chapters. Mm, so this is you're playing it digitally, but there is a physical version of this that's the same yes. thing. Yes. Okay. It's this, but they do a great. I won't lie. They do a great job of like customizing it. You can look at the boards. They actually made unique music. The one in particular that I on stream I said I fell in love with was uh. There's a boss. I forget what it's called, but it looks like a giant skeleton, <laughs> and it, its theme uses a xylophone. <laughs> so like i was really love the the extra effort they put in for all the audio cues that's always nice is this the one that's sort of like a sequel story wise to legacy it or, is okay it takes place after legacy uh we are fighting zaxos's followers okay and doesn't it like and, i heard it because people said it spoils <laughs> legacy if you haven't played legacy yet yeah it not that the story of Eon's End is that. Uh, technically, yes. I I just spoiled it. Oh, I don't even notice. So, <laughs> um, spoilers for Legacy. Yeah, but it's not that bad. Like honestly, I don't think it's like like Jonathan. I think if what I said now, and if you were to go into Legacy, I don't think you would have been like, oh my god, I didn't see that coming. Like, right. it doesn't spoil the. And I still think Legacy is a really fun trip to go through. And like these can all combine together. Unfortunately, you can't bring in your Legacy character yet. They had an original Aeon's End, by the way. You buy this, then New Age. I would love for Legacy to go in, mostly because, you know, I miss our characters, Shin and Bluvius. They were great breach mages. Oh, yeah. They did their, they did their jobs well <laughs> over a series but, um, of many episodes. <laughs> overall, I do, th- I mean, I do really love the Aeon's End system. And actually, I think all of them are sort of connected story-wise. And this one does work well in terms of a lighter campaign that also you won't... I, I Like, you definitely would not need the same people to play through each part. Like I said, it's only four. And you can easily replay things. Is it the kind of thing where I you could just be like, uh, I'll let's play chapter two today because that was a fun one. Yeah, easily. Like, I don't think there'd be any... I cannot think... Uh, digitally might be a little harder. I don't think I can do that digitally, physically easily. Um, I haven't tried in digitally to see if I can just select a chapter. I will say the final boss, uh, Fenrix, really hard. He can you can lose in one turn. Yeah, based on what cards flip. Uh, I'm going to try and beat him again. Actually, I think tonight, depending on if you're listening to this as soon as the episode comes out, because I have yet to beat him. Yeah, Ian's end. Uh, it's 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 tough. It can be tough. Oh yeah, it's a hard game. Another benefit I, I, of being digital, you don't have to like clean it all up and feel as bad. Yeah, and I will say. <laughs> On one end, it's really nice solo because you can just click, it moves the boards and clicks cards for you. And apparently you can look at your deck. The digital one lets me literally look at my deck. Oh, like I didn't see the entire order and yep. makeup of it. <laughs> yep. Huh. Um, I don't know if that's legal. I like, cause I don't remember. Everything that, 
just feels wrong. That's not a lot. Yeah, it does. But I mean, it, you, you can't change the order. I guess it's a, but, yeah, if it's a fixed order, then I guess they're just like, well, for we're not going to force you to try to memorize it. Technically, it's open information in your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I, I I mean, I will say though, Aeon's End really, I, I liked it when we, like you and I were together playing it. You know, there's something just about having someone else to to bounce off ideas. In particular, because I, you are controlling two. I am. I usually played controlling two mm. breach mages. So you know, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I bought that card for that person. <laughs> yeah, that's always that's always tough in any game. I n- I never like doing it. I uh, I I do it a lot because a lot of the games I I like can do that. Um, but that one. I'm going to be honest, like Arkham Horror, the best one was for that because I honestly like left on the table. You know, I like I'd come play a few rounds and think and like I can stop and go to like walk to the other person's Are you talking area. about third edition or second? No, I'm talking second. Okay, I wasn't sure if you but meant the you LCG. Could, you could do this. In, you could do them all, any of them, yeah. to be honest, except for um, uh, what's that one? Final it, hour. <laughs> final hour. But the point is it is there's something just so much better and i guess in a good way like i easily could do that in pandemic i don't i think i control four people without thinking well, the the issue for me is when you have cards like that no exactly yeah there's something just like marvel a lot champions nicer. it's just my brain doesn't have the capacity to keep track of two strategies <laughs> my brain has the minimum to keep track of two but it it's it's strange it's it's night and day when someone else can be in charge and be like let me know if you have something that can do a lot of damage and then you know when you're like hey i can do damage this turn you're like great yeah right yes you yes. know yeah and i love those games that and i mean same thing with spirit island too because I've, I've done that one so oh god <laughs> um oh yeah talk about where you really get lost in the fray of remembering cards and stuff yeah but i love i think those are my favorite cooperative games because you can't it's so hard to wrap your head around five people at once that you need the you need the extra computing power right or at least i do i know i do well that's yeah eons and the new age uh, check out our uh, socials for streaming schedules to check some of that out and uh, that's most of our show. But real quick, we'll take some time, just the two of us, to play a board game game. For this week's board game game, I thought we'd uh, we'd, we'd do a little bit of a throwback here. It's just the two of us. And we do what we haven't done in a long time, a little bit of board game battling. What do you think about that? It's time to go to war. So the way that this works is we have a random selection of board games that we've played it's now out of date so it doesn't have some newer games on it but it still has a few hundred in there board games the two of us have played and we have to choose between them and decide which one we like better uh to move on as the winner and usually if we uh if we can't decide if we if we have a tie then we check out board game geek and whichever one is the higher score takes the win uh so that's all it is. It's very simple. It's just here's a couple of games and we'll see how they are. So I uh, probably won't go into too much depth describing these. So if anyone's listening and doesn't know any of these games, I apologize, but I uh, will try to give you a little bit of context. So again, these are all completely random. There could be repeats. Who knows what will happen? 
first matchup here. Uh, start off with probably an easy one. We've got Theseus the Dark Orbit from Portal Games, which is an alien, uh, asymmetrical alien fighting game, uh, versus Wingspan. Nice. I feel uh, like we got to go wingspan on that. I'm definitely going wingspan, but I will say this at the very least. I do want to play Theseus again. Oh, for sure. Me too. Me too. Uh, I think I think it's a very interesting game, but, you know, it's wingspan and it's it, right. No, I'm, I, 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 yeah, I, I love wingspan. I think it made my top 20. I'm pretty sure. But I do think there is something to be said if you play a game and you're like, man, I can't wait to play it again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it could also mean that uh, you haven't played it enough times to just realize that you don't like it. <laughs> that, that is true, too. But I still think there's something. Yeah, it's still like if you're like, OK, I get this. Like and I'm sure p- some people would argue rightfully so that you can there are games that you can solve. Them, but I think there are games you can play like once, maybe twice and be like, I know how this, this is Uno. I get it. You know, <laughs> yeah, Uno, you know. Uno. All right. Nothing gets Uno, but you, you you know what you're getting into pretty quick. Brings us to our next uh, one here. Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition versus Time Stories, the story-based campaign chapter-based puzzle game. I like the idea behind Time Stories, but I'm picking Mansions. Mansions of Madness is a 2nd Edition is a great game. Great game. They, they both are honestly, interesting. It's kind of similar. They both have like the, the scenarios that are... That you I through. like, and I think they uh, went away from in time. I don't. Did they, I don't think they ended time series. They did end mansions, which is sad. Um, my biggest qualm with both of them, I just feel, man, I didn't know this with time stories that you were supposed to go in order. So I played them out of order. So it sort of spoiled some stuff. <laughs> um, mansions. I once again going to Fancy Flight. My biggest qualm with Fancy Flight right now is they're so risk. Avert? What's the word? Averse. Yeah, you got it. Averse. Thank you. You said it like and it's 20 disappointing. minutes ago. <laughs> yes, because it's just it's. I'm not even asking. I don't think I'm. I need them to actually take a significant risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, but but we Sorry. still like be, I'm beating a dead horse. Yes, I'm beating a yes. Dead get off your soapbox, please. We've, we've uh, anyway. No, no, no. I'm on. I'm on my Gloomhaven box. Next up is Santorini, the two player. Or can it go more than two players? No, it's or. It's, there might be a four player team, but yeah. I, I don't those games. I'm like, those are two player games. Uh, two player abstract uh, city constructing kind of game uh, versus trap words from Czech games, which is a word guessing sort of like taboo party game. Uh, I, I'm definitely trap words. Yeah, I think that's my leaning. I, I like those word party games more, but Santorini's one that I feel like, you know, I've only played it like once. So uh a lot of people I, like I played it. it a couple times i mean i should i definitely sh- probably should play it more but it's got some, i don't know it's got some good it's a nice it's got a good feel to it it's got a good table feel <laughs> i guess i don't know it just didn't it didn't like go into a scenario draw me like i can't wait to play another and try another are there I, um I, expansions isn't there expansion or a new version there are santorini there, no new there's york. both there's new york <laughs> Uh, which I will definitely try because I think that actually has different stuff. Mm. Like it's not just a reskin and there are expansions with some cards. I'm just like, I, I think sometimes that happens with some two player games. Yeah. That to me, it's not even like I, I get it. Like we were talking about before. It's just sometimes like it didn't hook me. 
yeah, in. That's fair. Uh, next up, we have just one another word guessing party game versus a uh, classic hungry, hungry hippos. What do you think? Hmm. This one is really tough. That's tough. That's tough. I, I- I, I think I'm games. gonna have to go with just one. You know, it's interesting. They both have looking at the box arts, just one each letter is a different color. It's like orange, red, pink, blue. And also on Hungry Hippos, each hippo's a different color. <laughs> they kind of have a similar uh aesthetic. Uh all right, but enough of that. Oh, how about this one? Wear words, one of our yeah, favorite... whoa, whoa, whoa. you didn't say what your pick. Oh, you're right. It's hungry, hungry hippos. Uh oh, oh, hold on, I gotta go bargain. Wear words, the uh the or- Word guessing party game where words mm-hmm. uh, versus stop thief from restoration games, the updated version Ooh. where your players trying to catch a thief. Both of these are app assisted games, which is cool. I, I will say this is probably the first one that I, I'm really thinking on now. Yeah, I mean, I will think on it a little I, too, but you know what my choice is. So <laughs> I know your choices and there's nothing wrong about that. Uh, also, like, I'm going to, I'm not going to look up ties cause I'm too lazy. Let's just, we'll just each say our answers. and move on. Uh, I, I, I think I have to go. I, I really want to play more stop thief. I think, but that might be because we've played a lot more where words. I just, Oh, we sure I have. really love where words has certain. And also there are a lot of word games out there, I guess. I will say where words has sort of, I still, I still love it and want to play it more, but I, that is one where I feel like, I don't know. Sometimes if the group isn't all like fully into it, it can, it can get kind of, it can drag a little bit. Or if you're like, mm-hmm, if you're mm-hmm. not playing with the right word set, maybe or something, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but those are both. Both a lot of fun. I, I want to play more Stop Thief for sure. All right. Viral from Arcane Wonders, a virus busting game versus Tiny Towns from AEG. I think we both like Tiny Towns for sure. More. Yes. Yes. Tiny Towns. Very fun. Very fun game. Some of these we don't need to uh, <laughs> debate about too much. <laughs> now I got to I got to say this one because I love this matchup. Munchkin versus Twilight Struggle. <laughs> What a great, just what a great pairing to see Munchkin versus Twilight Struggle. That's like, that's like Schindler's List versus Big Mama's House. It's like, <laughs> it's just like not even the same universe. I think we both pick uh, Twilight Struggle on that one. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's... I I'm I'm loving the the one to one scale version that's happening in the real life right now. The one to one scale. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Uh, okay, this one I'll just mention because, uh, you know, it's fun to mention it. The board game Chaosmos, uh, which is a game we really love, versus Stratego. <laughs> mm. Now, we both love Chaosmos. If you don't know it, look it up. I won't get into our spiel about it right now. But you know what, Stratego? Yeah, Stratego can be fun. Not a bad game, Stratego. There's some fun to uh, When was the last time you played it? <laughs> Not as long ago as you would think. I mean years ago but some i think either one of our friends had a has a copy and we played it <laughs> yeah no i say this because i played it pretty recently with the assassin's creed version oh right 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 yeah 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 uh which i will say it did add some things that i liked <laughs> like uh some more special powers and stuff mm, mm. but it needs more <laughs> yeah i mean it's you know it's not anything crazy but yeah you know it's i don't know if you're if you like something lighter it's kind of something fun. Uh, how about Mythos Tales, 
which we've lamented that we've enjoyed, but you can really no longer get it. It's a mystery deduction storytelling game with Lovecraft theme. And I'll wait until you say the competitor, but the competitor is Scrabble. Now, what do you think about that? <laughs> I'm going to go with Mythos Tales only because I actually don't mind Scrabble in terms of. I like, like Scrabble. Back in the yeah. past, but I just feel, I mean, I, I like compared to the original line of games that I think belongs to with like Monopoly, Connect 4 and stuff like it was I think one of the better choices. But I think other people have realized like that, oh, we can have fun with word games. Yeah. Like it's it's not that Scrabble is bad. It's just that now its competition is much worse. It's true. It's true. However, uh, an argument and this goes to the thing I wanted to say before, apparently the Sherlock mythos uh like the uh arkham investigators game is is out in some places oh the new one the official yeah apparently that has some people have gotten their hands on it i'm very angry i'm not one of them yeah i better will hunt it down interesting it seems so far i haven't seen anyone in america get it <laughs> mm, that makes sense uh, all right here's another good matchup seasons which is a card drafting dice rolling kind of game versus azul the abstract tile playing game two, two big seasons. colorful games here i really do i think Azul's probably the better one i don't like, know technically i think i've always been a little bit of a naysayer on azul <laughs> just because i mean just because everybody loves it so much <laughs> i mean that it's more tighter like uh, like mm. seasons i think you need like what was it i think you can't it's you more put it four or four and two, you don't want three. Well, I don't know that you don't want three. It just always feels strange. To, yeah. To... I just, but I have, I love see like just oh, every time the hits, I, part of it is the colorfulness of it and the, all the weird cards and combos that come out and the dice. Oh it's yeah. A, I, I have, a, I have a lot of fun with There's that another pretty good uh, original kind of a fantasy world. I would, I would put forth too. You know what? That there you go. You got me there. I think that's a good <laughs> Uh, board games definitely do it better, but it was miniatures. There's so much, but right. I, that's why I agree. And that's why I brought up the no humans thing. Yeah. If you look at the, the magic point of Lorwyn, like it's not technically like it's still goblins, elves and fairies, but the elves, first of all, they lean in hard on the idea. You know how usually elves are the, we're better than everyone. Yeah. Kind of trope. Yeah. These guys hunt other people because you're a blight to our eyes. Sure, why not? But they have horns, and they're like almost more satyr like. Mm. There's also a whole thing going on how the plane flops like between a mirror world. But it was, and I don't think it sold that well, unfortunately. But like, it was like this is like, this place is interesting. It's still elves and classics, but you twisted it in that, and that's the thing. It's not just having like, oh look, it's an elf, but twisting it so like that it doesn't look like every other elf. <laughs> like you shouldn't look at the art without the title. And like Jonathan, you know, and be like, this could be Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it could yeah. be, you know, that's definitely part of like, that's why bigger... we like seasons. Yeah, it, 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 no, I think that's part of it. <laughs> seasons has the ship, yeah. but like its art is very it, like, it, it, you know, when you see it. Uh, another matchup here. That's a question. Another party game where you have to ask, answer questions or predict answers about each other versus again, just one. Good, a good pairing, but I think we both like just one much more. Uh, absolutely, I, I in, have enjoyed. That's a question, but a while back, Jonathan, you were when you were doing cleanup. I'm like, oh, you're giving that game away. I'll take it. And you're like, oh, okay, sure. 
Yeah. I have since given it to someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's a question. It's all right, but uh, kind of a miss for how for how good some check party games are. Yeah. And uh, one meanwhile, and I feel bad because just one to me is just like, I think that did that also make mine? Because that's definitely uh, would be one of my top party games. Like that's one yeah. I would consider definitely. a, 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 a if I if I didn't do it when we made the list, I would consider it like a if you needed to buy your first games, this should be one in your collection. Yeah. Uh, let's do one more. Kemet, the war battle game, Egyptian themed. Of course, this is the previous edition. We haven't tried Blood and Sand yet. Versus Terraforming Mars, the board game, Mars development game. I prefer Terraforming Mars because I really love the the engine building of it. And I know... I'm the only person who likes the card art of the original. Yeah. We we're talking the original Terraforming, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. No, there are dozens of us. There are dozens of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Terraforming for me as well. I do. Comet's pretty good. I, no, I want to play Terraforming again because we have yet to play it after you've played the card game. Right. And I remember like after the card game, you're like, do I like Terraforming Mars? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I think I still do. I think I still do. But yeah always want to go back to it all right so there you go there's some board game battles if nothing else got us to talk about some games we maybe don't normally discuss that much uh and uh if you want to we don't have a guest to plug anything but if you want to hear more of us you can go to rollforcrit.com as always to keep up with our live streams our youtube videos all kinds of other content of course we're on patreon uh patreon.com slash rollforcrit and if you have a question or comment, please email it to us. Our address is meeplegallery at gmail.com. And before we fully leave you, do have to make uh, one announcement, which is a pretty big announcement. Uh, won't, mm -hmm. won't go into the full details of it right now. Uh, if you're a patron, this is something you uh, should already know. Uh, or if you are if you're a YouTube viewer, you'll see more about it. We'll talk about it more next week. But next week's episode of the podcast will mark the final roll for crit audio podcast on our main mm -hmm. uh on this feed that you're subscribed to right now uh so it, it, we'll we'll talk about it more next week but wanted to prep you for that that uh, that is going to end other aspects of roll for crit will continue in different ways we will we will talk about it and walk you through everything but next week's episode will be the last one after just we've been doing this podcast for i, I believe a little over a year mm -hmm. so and obviously our channel for much much longer but uh but uh you know a, a pretty good run of episodes and we'll we'll have give it kind of a send off a farewell and as long with the sort of normal news and everything next week but uh so be, be prepared be prepared for that fact and we'll we'll elaborate more on it in the near future but if you have questions or anything like that again it's still just non just board game questions we're always happy to get them reach out to us on social or email or anything like that yep we we'd love to hear from you indeed so that's going to do it anyway for this episode thank you everybody so much for listening you're the greatest my name is jonathan i'm will yeah, either way. You know, at the end, it's I, I like to keep it friendly or I just say my yeah, first name. Yeah, I should. I'm sorry. I just my brain was, was like, say the whole thing. Uh, anyway, and this has been the Roll for Crit podcast. <laughs>